Yo, party people, it's Ashley of SingleWomanChronicles.com, where being single is a beautiful choice rather than a miserable circumstance. Today's episode is brought to you by my new journal, Get Unstuck When Life Sucks, the 30-day guided self-help journal with journal prompts. And today's episode is going to be about being stuck and feeling like you're stuck single. Okay, listen. This this going to be a really <laughs> vulnerable, transparent. You know, I try to be vulnerable and transparent every episode, but this one is like really vulnerable and transparent because <sighs> I was listening to this podcast and it was a guy who had a girl on and she was getting out of debt. So he was like, so many times we see podcasts and episodes and people talking about how they overcome came something but not when they're overcoming and I feel like it's power in feeling it's power in hearing someone's testimony while they're still going through it because you can relate to them right like hey I'm going through that too let me listen to them let me see what they're doing so I can do that too if that inspires me or just just feel seen I think feeling seen is so important like for sure so today if you've been single for a long time, and if you've ever asked yourself the question, oh my God, am I going to be single forever? This podcast is for you. This episode is for you. So I want you to like right now, share this with somebody who you know has been going through this and feels like, oh my God, I give up. I quit. Society is in shambles and the love life is in shambles. Everybody want to be polygamous. Don't nobody want to get married no more. Don't nobody want to be monogamous no more. You got to have a threesome in order to get a man. If if that's how you've been feeling, this one is for you. <laughs> okay. Stuck feeling like stuck in your single season, like really feeling like God has forgotten about you, feeling like God, do you hear me? Do you see me? I'm doing everything you told me to do. I have gone to therapy. I have started to pick different people. I have done all of those things. Even if you haven't, <laughs> like it still feels miserable, right? So when I first started this blog, I really started it because I was already <laughs> the single friend. Okay. I was always the single friend. All my friends were like serial monogamous or they were always like, you know, in and out of relationships, but I was the one that was always not in a relationship. <laughs> and it wasn't necessarily by choice back then. Like I actually wanted to be with someone. It's just <sighs> 33 year old me, because I'm speaking from the point of view of, or speaking from when I was like from 18 to like 25 and back then, I know a lot of my reason being single was I was very codependent. Um, I was used to emotional deprivation, which means that growing up, I didn't get the emotional needs that I like. I didn't get my emotional needs met. So most of the relationships I was attracted, attracted to, comfortable with, were relationships where people didn't give me my emotional needs. And this came from being comfortable. A lot of the times we don't date what we need. We date what we're used to, what we're comfortable with. So many times you may ask yourself like, dang, why do I keep going into relationships that don't give me what I need? Why do I keep being stuck in this cycle? It's most of the time because you haven't identified 
the pattern of what you're going through and why in order to stop it, right? So I know back then it was a codependency. I was anxious, attached, meaning that like I would attach to people really, really fast, really, really quickly. And that pushed a lot of men away. But also I was attracted to emotionally unavailable men because growing up I had an emotionally unavailable mother. So that's what I was comfortable with. So I was just picking wrong child. It really had little to do with who I was as a person, but it made me feel defective. Like sometimes you can ask yourself like, bro, is it me? Am I the drama? Like, is there something wrong with me? And some of you may feel like that. So I just want to talk y'all through where I've been and where I am now, right? So I want to talk about where I am now. So as of today, today's Monday, December the 5th of 2022, because I don't know when y'all going to listen to this, because I feel like this is going to connect with some people and y'all may listen years down the line. So yeah, this is December the 5th, 2022, and I'm speaking in, um, <laughs> I'm speaking in faith, that by the time y'all hear this, then I'm going to be married, y'all, <laughs> in the future or whatever. And y'all going to be able to celebrate me like, oh, my God, I remember I, um, she's married now. She used to be single and feeling like, oh, my God, will I be single forever? Yes, yes, let's speak it in faith. But as of December the 5th of 2022, I just ended another talking stage last night, right? And y'all know when you end that talking stage, a lot of the times you're not necessarily sad about losing or cutting the person off you're more so sad because this is another possibility of me not being single anymore gone like you're grieving the possibility that this could have been something you didn't probably you knew that person wasn't even it you probably knew that person like from jump you probably knew like this ain't gonna work because they not even hitting my non-negotiables, but they kind of almost there. So I'm kind of almost gonna deal with it until I can't deal with it no more. And so when you reach that point where you know you can't deal with it no more and you have to end it, it's still sad. Like you're still grieving. Like I still cried this morning and I always give myself time to grieve. Like I'm not that person that pushes emotions down or avoids them. Like I, I truly process most of my emotions because there are some compartments that I'd be like, nope, I'm not touching it. But <laughs> when it comes to like grieving guys and relationships and dating, I definitely grieve that. So um, the reason I ended this situation was because I felt like my needs weren't being met. So him and I, we, we've only been talking for like six weeks. Has it been six weeks? What's this month? December? Yeah, six, seven weeks. So, um, we met in Atlanta. He doesn't live here. He lives in Chicago. When we met, um, at the time, I didn't know that he lived in Chicago. Like, I thought he lived here. But we, for the first two weeks when he was here, he was here handling some family stuff. And, um, we hit it off, like, in two weeks. We seen each other, like, eight times. Like, we were going on dates. Like, he knew about my celibacy. Like, everything. We were on it. And we were talking about, you know, do you think I can fall in love with you? Like, what do you want? I want a family. You know, I, I just really talking about stuff, right? Like the real deal, Holyfield stuff. And um, when he ended up going back to Chicago, I had these expectations. The reason that I developed these expectations was because what of what I was presented. He showed me a person that I'm like, I can be in a relationship with this person. I can, you know, possibly marry a person that shows me what you're showing me while you're here in Atlanta. But when he went to Chicago, it was a switch up. The switch up wasn't like, you know, it's something suspicious. But when he got back to Chicago, some he had some 
um, personal matters to come up where he couldn't be what I needed him to be emotionally. And I told him like, this is what I require. I am very vocal about what I need up front because I don't want to waste my time nor somebody else's. So I told him, listen, quality time, top of my list of love languages. Words of affirmation, top of my list. Communication ain't in a love language, but it is a mine. Communication, we got to communicate, especially if we're long distance. I need to see you at least once a month. You live in Chicago, I live in Atlanta, them, them tickets ain't that expensive. Like, we, you know, I need to see you in December, all of this. I'm telling him this. We need to be talking, you know, daily through text. We don't have to have long phone conversations. We can get on the app Marco Polo. Like, I'm not, I'm not demanding a lot. I know you work. I be busy too, as long as we're communicating and I'm getting that, right? So as soon as he gets back, some personal issues hits. And I'm like, okay, when is the next time I'm going to see you? He spits out February. February who? What are we talking about? February? You think I'm about to wait on you till February? I done already told you that I need to see my person at least once a month. It is November. You think I'm about to wait till February? Is you crazy? Like what? That don't even make sense. That don't even make The math ain't mathing. Because I already told you what it was. Like I already told you what I need in order to feel secure in a relationship. Right? But he, And then I'm like, also, also, sir. <laughs> um... It makes me feel a way that you can go that long without seeing me. Like, that tells me you don't want me like you you claim to. So we talked about that, and he's just like, honestly, what, what I have going on, I have to really focus. I'm in a season where I really have to do this and that and this and that. And that's why. It's not that I don't want to see you. It's just by February, I'll have it all figured out. I should have walked away then. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I should have walked away because I knew that that wasn't, that wasn't good enough for me. I knew that that wasn't going to fulfill what I needed. But I felt, again, a lot of it has to do with, like, the potential, the possibility. And even when, listen, I, I want to say this. I've been single for a while. And I'm healed. I am whole. Whole, hold. I am healed. I am whole. I love God. God is number one. I have been to therapy. I... Listen, I have great communication skills. I am emotionally available. I am emotionally intelligent. All of these things above. But this whole thing where just because you're all of those things that does not mean that you don't feel like sometimes holding on to something because you're just tired of being single. Sometimes you hold on just because you're tired of being single. And that's point blank in the period. And honestly, I don't feel like there's something wrong with that unless it's detrimental to your mental health. Like, cause I feel like sometimes society makes it seems like, seem like it's one thing or the other. No single sister. No. Cause I'm so, t let's speak on this. I'm so tired of don't settle social media. And here's why. No, I don't think you should settle, but they make it seem like it's so easy not to settle. It is not easy not to settle. Because when you don't settle and you're waiting for something, you're going to be waiting longer because you have these requirements. It's kind of like, think about buying a house. If you know exactly what you want in a house and you know you don't want to settle because it's not like you're hurting, it's not like you're desperate, you're okay with where you are, but you want this specific house with these specific specs, you want these specific amenities, you want all of these things, right? So you're going with your real estate agent, you're seeing these different houses and they're almost the one. This one was almost the one. This is one was almost the one, right? And so you're going to all these different houses and then you hit each one and every time 
a piece of you just keeps chipping away because every time you go to the house, you're disappointed. So within the first few weeks, you're still excited. But then the first few months, you keep going to these different houses and you're getting disappointed. You're not as excited no more. You're still holding on, but you're not as excited. Then a year done passed by. You still ain't found your dream home. So then you start being like, well, maybe my dream home don't exist. <laughs> maybe I need to lax these standards a little bit because um, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm trying to get in this dream home. That's how it is when you're waiting to not settle. It's like in the beginning, it's, it, in the beginning, it's exciting. It's wonderful, but we're not all like Sierra where she started praying and six, eight months later, her Russell came. We're not all like that. It, most of us, it's not that lucky for us, unfortunately. So when we're on this journey, we waiting one, three, five, six, ten years, and we still waiting. I'm not faulting you, sis. I'm not judging you. If you held on to something longer just because... You was just tired of being lonely. You just had a little season of weakness. I'm not judging you, sis. I'm I'm not telling you that's it, it's it's good, but I'm also not telling you it's bad. You just had a moment of weakness. Now get back up. So back to my moment of weakness. So I knew I should have walked away <laughs> when he said that, but I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna reassign and reposition him in my life. I'm still single. So I can still see other people. He out of town, so it don't matter. I can still entertain him and still keep my options open. So I'm going to keep rocking with him. And if he lasts till, the, till February, then he lasts to February. If not, then cool. Right? So I kept going. This is my moment of weakness. Right? So communication-wise, it was cool. Like, he would FaceTime me often. He would call me often. He would We would text daily. Like, those, the frequency of the communication was not an issue. But what I did start to realize is emotionally, he was asking me to be a support system to him. So he would come and tell me all the things going on in his life. He would tell me, you know, the things that are bothering him, frustrating him. I would be present. I would explore that. How does that make you feel? What, what do you think we can do to solve that? I feel like, you know, in order to relieve stress, you can have a strategy. Here's some strategy one. Here's strategy two. Here's strategy three. Let's get some options going. Okay, let me know. I'll, I'll follow up with you. Next two days, how's that situation we talked about? How's that going? What's going on with you? This is the support that I'm bringing, <laughs> okay? So I was that for him. But I noticed when things came up for me, he was not that for me. So I had situations come up with my family. So I hit him up one day and I'm like, oh my God, this just happened with my family. He's like, what happened? I sent him this long Marco Polo explaining what happened. Do y'all know what he said to me? Wow, that's crazy. That's all you got? <laughs> like, that's it? So I let that one slide because I'm like, maybe he distracted at work. He going to spin the block. He going to come back around. He going to ask me again. That, that ain't what happened. Then another situation happened with him. I go back into support mode. How are you doing? What's going on? How does this make you feel? I follow up two days later. Something else comes up with me where something disrespectful happened with someone um, in my phone. I send him what happens. Y'all, I send it through text. Do y'all know all he did was hearted it? That's it. 
I said, okay. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a pattern. So I asked one of my male friends, I'm like, so I've already told this guy, you know, it's an issue about not seeing him. I don't want to be a nag. And I know he's going through things. But at the same time, we all are. Um, I, I don't like, I'll get to that. Anyway, so I told my homeboy, I'm like, how do I bring up the fact that I feel like he doesn't support me emotionally? Like, I feel like every time I tell him, he can tell me everything about him. I'm super supportive. But then when I tell him stuff about me, he just kind of brushes it off. Like he doesn't care or, or it's like minuscule if he don't know how to open up. I don't know if it's that he don't know how or he don't want to. I don't know. So my homie's like, honestly, well, first he said, if it was you, would you want him to tell you? I said, absolutely. And then he's like, well, tell him. I said, well, it's different though, because I've already brought something to his attention and I kind of don't want to be a nag, but this is bothering me. He's like, I would tell him, like, you should tell him. I'm like, all right, cool. But then a part of me was like, should you tell him though? Because like, you're trying to create a space to be vulnerable for somebody who you don't even know can provide the needs. And the more vulnerable you are, the more you're going to fall for this person. So do you really want to be vulnerable with someone you have to teach how to be vulnerable? Like, I be asking my myself the real questions. I get down to the nitty-gritty with me, okay? So I, I sat on it. I pondered it. I ain't say nothing to him. So a week passes, and something else comes up. Now, this one was kind of minor, but I felt like I'm still going to bring it up. So I bring it up. I bring up the Deion Sanders situation, okay? So I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. I don't watch football at all. Like, I don't watch. I don't, I don't watch it. Like, never. But I understand what Deion Sanders coming to Jackson, Mississippi meant. Because I'm from there. It's a poor city. Um, you came in. You built morale. But then you you abandoned us. <laughs> so we feel abandoned and used. So I've been talking to my Mississippi fam, you know, all day on, on Sunday when the, we heard the news of him leaving. And so it's been like a whole thing. So I was kind of sad about that. So I brought it up to him. I was like, you know, what do you think about it? He said, I really don't know much about it. Tell me. Explain. And so I explained. And then I said, honestly, I'm pissed because this is how I feel because I'm from there. It's different. So all I was thinking was like, he was going to say, dang, um, that's crazy. I'm sorry you're, you know, feel like that. Like, that's wild. I can see where you're coming from. Because I asked a few of my male friends how they felt. And they gave me long paragraphs. We had dialogue, whatever. Y'all already know what he said. Oh, wow, that's crazy. I couldn't take it no more. I couldn't take it anymore. I said, listen, I'm tired of, I didn't even say I'm tired. I had to pose it great with grace. I like to post things with grace. So people can't cop out with, oh, you're crazy. You're yelling at me. No, I like to post things with grace. I said, um, something has come to my attention. Um, when I bring up things that frustrate me, you never really support me. You always kind of brush it off with like a, that's crazy. And I brought up evidence. I said, scenario number one was with my family. Scenario number two was with, you know, the disrespect of the, the other guy. And scenario number three was what just happened. Is it that you're not equipped to handle what I have going on emotionally, or you don't know, how, like, what is that about? He's like, well, I hearted it to say that I agreed, but like, I don't really know. Maybe I'm effing up, you know. But then he brought it back to his own situation. It's like, well, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. Let me tell you what pisses me off. When I tell you what my issues are and you bring your issues into it, do not counter my issues with your issues. Because this is about you right now. So be mature enough 
to deal with the argument and not with your stuff. I get that you're going through something, but we all are. Our crosses may not weigh the same, but my cross is still a cross, meaning that my issue is still an issue. What you're going through may not be, may be more than mine, may not be less, but it means something to me. So if I can sit here and be patient and trust you, because that's what you're at. Those things are a lie. You're telling me to be patient when I haven't built that rapport with you. This is the beginning of something. This is the beginning of a situation. The only thing I have to base it off of is two weeks of bliss when we were together. But now you've left and I've had a month of not so bliss. And you're telling me to wait for you and all of this. What am I holding on to? <laughs> like what? So he tells me his issues. And I was like, honestly, I don't think you're emotionally available or capable of giving me what I need right now. And it could just be bad timing, but I just don't feel like I should have to, um, I feel like this is lopsided. I feel like I give you what you need, but I'm not getting what I need. Then he's like, well, I don't ask you for much. I said, that's not true. Do not devalue what you're asking me for. You're asking me for trust and patience. Those are two huge things. Trust and patience. When I just met you, and we haven't had a long enough honeymoon stage and you haven't proven to me that I can trust you to be who you claim you're going to be after whenever you claim you're going to be him. <laughs> like, that don't make sense to me. <laughs> like, what? And you're telling me to wait for you with no guarantee. No, you're asking me for a lot. And all I'm asking you for is to be supportive in this moment to communicate with me in this moment so that I can see you in this moment. These are all in this moment things that you should want to do because you like me. <laughs> it's not rocket science. So in that moment, I said, yeah, Ash, I know you're having a weak moment because you do want the potential. You want somebody on the roster who could possibly be that. But be honest with yourself, baby. He can't do it. So I had to let it go. I, I had to let him know, like, listen, um, maybe it's just bad timing. Um, I thank you for trying, but I can't. I, I can't sit here and wait for something that may never happen. I can't sit here and lie to myself and believe that the potential that I will hope will come from us will happen because I'm not a magician. I am not a fortune teller and I am not God. I do not know what the future holds for you and I. And if I'm being honest with myself, my gut told me to walk away when he said February. So I had that moment of weakness and I'm back on my no settle, but I do want to let the ladies know that if you have a moment of weakness and you do settle a little bit, meaning that you stay in something a little bit longer, just because you're trying to see, but give us, give them the benefit of the doubt because you do get, um, fatigue in your loneliness. That's okay. As long as you get up, just get back up. That's it. So I got back up. Um, we didn't, we ended amicably. Um, he literally was like, you know, I saw, I'm sorry that I couldn't provide what you needed in this season. And I said, appreciate it. Thank you for trying. And that was that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was very proud of myself. The reason I was really proud of myself is what, um, is I was able to state what I needed and not, I wasn't backing down when he tried to counter my needs with his needs. I wasn't doing that. That was my first time ever doing that in the moment. Like, cause usually, so I'll just a little bit of history. So again, you know, me and my mom, we've been to therapy. Um, we've overcome some, a lot of obstacles. She had this thing growing up 
where anytime I would ask her for something, she would counter my needs with her needs and I would just let it slide. I would just be silent. So for me to find my voice in that moment and to be like, I hear you, but I still need this. Like what you need doesn't eliminate mine. Like we, we all going to need something. <laughs> like What are we talking about? So I was so proud of myself being able to voice that. Like I was just so excited and elated with myself for being able to speak up in that moment. Ladies, find your voices. Don't allow the fear of being alone. Don't allow the fear of making someone upset or someone like, you know, just seeing you differently or making someone, you know, look at a situation. Don't allow the fear to keep you silent. Find your voice. Like it's so much power in finding your voice. Like you don't even understand. It'll break open a new confidence within you to say like, wait, I should say something. Wait, what I need is important. Wait, I can't do this. <laughs> like, it's so important to like find your voice and speak up. So please never like devalue that. Um, also, one of the lessons I learned in this particular situation is although he believed in God, he didn't have a strong relationship with God. I have a very strong relationship with God. That's why like all hell can be broken, breaking loose in my life and I can still pour into others because I am drinking from a well that never runs dry, which is Jesus. So circumstances don't, certain circumstances don't shake me to the point where I can't still be there for you. I can still be present even when stuff is going on with me. And the thing that frustrated me about him was he had so many things to be grateful for. Like he had a wonderful home. He just bought a new car. Like he had a great job, but he was still complaining about everything. And it's kind of like, but you have so much to be grateful for. And I told him this and I'm like, look at the things you have to be grateful for. If I were to compare our lives, he has more to be grateful for than me. But meanwhile, <laughs> I'm the like grateful one because of my relationship with God. I get that. So that was God kind of saying, hey, sis, it's me again. I, I told you that you need a man of God. And it's, and it's because you're such a strong woman of God. That's why. Because you're going to keep pouring and pouring and you're going to get exhausted and tired because no one's pouring into you. So you're going to need that, sweetie. And so I'm like, God, I heard you. I hear you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so... Just for, so this is mature me. Now I can tell you 18 to 25 me never would have handled this situation quite like this. Um, <laughs> Cause then I was so anxious and I was like holding on so tight to situations that I wasn't able to process while I was in them. So I really enjoyed the pace of this situation shit because I didn't just end it immediately just because of you know, me feeling a little weird. Like I, I really wanted to confirm with myself that this was something that I did not and could not do, um, and be okay with that. So I was able to gradually let it go, really be cognitive and just really think about it and use logic and come to the conclusion like, yeah, this ain't gonna work. And it didn't have to be this big thing. Like it just wasn't gonna work. Um, but I do want to talk to some ladies, um, who are wondering like every time, Cause I've seen a, a lot of different women come on social media and cry about being single and cry about situationships ending and all of that stuff like that. And that's fine. You know, express yourself how you want to express yourself. But I do want to 
I want I, I want you to ponder and switch your mindset on some things. Because if you've ever asked yourself, am I going to be single forever? You've, you've listen, I've, I've been there. I recently was there. I'm just now getting out of that mindset. And this year I got out of that mindset. And let me tell you why. So for so long in my life, because I was always the single friend, because I had daddy issues, because I'd suffer from, you know, anxious attachment. Every time a situation or relationship ended, I went into dark negative thoughts about, oh my God, I only connect with one person a year. It's going to take me a whole year to meet someone again. This sucks. Like I'm going to be single forever. I went into this whole mindset, right? And what I realized later on in life recently is the reason I was only connecting with folks once a year is because I had that mindset. So this year I switched that mindset this year. I started to say, one, I'm not going to be single forever. Two, like Big Glow said, when I lose a nigga, I just pop out and go find some more. Three, life doesn't end just because the situation ends. Like, I can still meet somebody. Like, I'm going to meet somebody. So I tell myself, like, I'm going to meet someone. I'm going to meet someone. I'm going to meet someone. Life isn't over. I can't connect with somebody else. Life is not. It's still men out here. It's still good dudes out here. It's still folks out here. I can meet someone outside. Like, what are we saying? <laughs> like, what, what's going on? There's a lot of places outside to go. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's go pop out and go find some out. <laughs> so you have to switch your mindset. Like this morning, um, when I got up, I knew, again, with the grief. Like, it's just really grieving the possibility of someone. When I got up, you know, I did my praise and worship. And I just started thanking God. I was just like, you know, God, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for the love that you're going to send me. Thank you for not allowing me to settle for something that wasn't going to fit my needs, Lord. Thank you for the man that you're preparing for me, Lord. Thank you that he is on his way soon. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me this far. Thank you for keeping my mind. Thank you for keeping me in this season of singleness where I'm able to afford my life. I'm able to pay my bills. I'm able to still live. I'm able to not lose my mind. I'm able to not settle. Like you have to get in that mindset because that's what's going to switch it for you. That's what's going to attract good people to you, good men to you, good things to you. You can't get in that negative mindset. Back in the day, I used to, every time I went through a situation, no matter if it was a week or two weeks or three months, I would go and listen to all these sad love songs. I don't do that no more. This morning I was listening to um homegirl Coco Jones. I think her last name Jones. Coco with that song, I See You, Baby, I Need You. If if that if my love don't feel like that, I don't want it. <laughs> like that is wonderful. So I start thinking, I start listening to more positive songs, songs about love, not songs about loneliness and sadness. No, songs that will inspire me to have a love like the song sings about. So you have to switch the narrative. Stop allowing these folks on the internet to make you feel bad about being single and make you feel like you're going to be stuck forever because we're feeding into it. Stop. Stop feeding into that. Pop out and go find some more. Stop thinking all these dudes ain't ish and ain't nobody out here. So you might as well. No, stop. Stop it. Ah, ah, ah. No, you have to feed yourself with positivity in order to receive that. Like I know manifestation is like a huge thing. You know, me, I'm a Christian. So it's like you reap what you sow. If you're sowing negativity, you're going to reap negativity. If you're sowing seeds of I'm always going to be single, you're going to receive seeds of I'm always going to be single. I've been on more dates this year 
than I have in the past like three, four years. I met more men this year than I have in like the three past three, four years is because I switched my mindset. I'm going to be the man before the end of the year. I don't know where it's going to go, but I am. So that's all I'm saying. Like you just have to have that spirit, like not that negativity. And trust me, I get it. Y'all, I've been single since 2017. I've been celibate since 2017. I know a lot of people get on here and they tell you and they talk about being single, but they're not in the trenches like me. <laughs> like I can tell you firsthand. I know. I get it. I would have been through the ups and the downs. I would have been through the days where I'm like, God, thank you. And I would have been through the days where like, God, Jesus, why have you forsaken me? You don't want me to get married, do you? <laughs> like, so I understand it. But I just want you to know that there is positivity. You are not stuck being single. You know, sometimes there are moments where we do have to address certain things. You know, it's been so many situations where God has sent somebody to be a lesson. Now I'm tired of them. God, I don't want the lessons no more. Um, but, you know, God sent a disappointment for me to address my anxious attachment. God sent a disappointment for me to address, you know, my needs in a relationship. That's how I can tell a man exactly what I need because I've been through so many of what I don't need. need. <laughs> like, so I just want to keep y'all encouraged. Like, just think of the positives. You won't be single forever. You are not stuck. If you're the type of person that don't go outside, please go outside. Start going to these self-dating locations. On my website, singlewomanchronicles.com, if you live in Atlanta, there is um, there is a blog I have on self-dating locations. Like, take yourself out. Go to different lounges, different, you know, events. Meet people. Put yourself out there. Like, go get cute. Go to the grocery store. I heard if you go to Home Depot or Lowe's at, like, 6 a.m., and you go into the tool section, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> just position, it's about positioning yourself. Like, really position yourself. You know, dating apps ain't for everybody. I'm I'm that person. Like, I, it's not for me. I done tried several times, but like, um, date, dating apps can work for some. It just don't work for me. I just, me, I've had so many situations. If y'all go listen to my different podcast about dating apps, y'all will hear them. But yeah, like, it's not for everybody. But also like, be honest with yourself. Be honest with what you actually need. And be honest is with if what you need is what you're actually dating. Like, are you dating the type of guy that you need? Or is it just the comfort level? You have to be honest with yourself. And if you haven't done the healing, you're going to keep that cycle going. So do the healing. Go to therapy. Do the work. That's why I really, you know, love my book, Get Unstuck When Life Sucks. Because it can address literally any type of stuck that you're in. Because even if you feel like you're stuck single, it's going to challenge you if you're not going outside to go outside. It's going to challenge you to take your walls down from your heart if you feel like the reason you're single is because you're so guarded that you don't want to love it anymore. It's going to challenge you to go to therapy. It's going to challenge you to like, if you don't like yourself, to lo start loving yourself again, to, to really like look in the mirror and say that I'm beautiful and say that I'm this and start journaling and just really get out there. So, and become the woman that you need in order to get the man that you need. You know what I mean? So hopefully this encourages you. Um, because tr listen, I'm gonna tell y'all, I get it. I'm, I'm down in the trenches with y'all. Another one bit the dust. Okay, <laughs> but I'm still encouraged. I'm still excited, you know, and I'm still out here fighting with y'all. And I feel like it's easier coming from somebody who's in it because let me tell y'all what grinds my gears. Every time I go to a single conference, the pastor sitting up there, married, been married since he was 18, trying to tell me what I need to be doing when I'm single, when you ain't out here in these single streets. 
You don't know what it is. You don't know what it feels like to date with the shift of social media, with the shift of BBLs, with the shift of the beauty standard, with the shift of the culture, with the shift of rap lyrics, no longer singing about love, but singing about the, uh, clapping the booty cheeks and polygamy and girl got a girl. You don't know. So you can't speak to me, but I can speak to y'all because I get it. I'm here. I'm down here with y'all. I get it. So yes, like, comment, share, subscribe to my channel, share this with people because I know it's going to touch some hearts. And yeah, until next time, y'all love y'all. Bye.